This week, what it's like to camp in Mexico. We share our thoughts on campgrounds and boondocking in Baja, California. Plus, some more updates on Starlink, some news from Harvest Host, and more. This is RV Miles. This spring, L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear, tips, and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Spring is the start of bug season, so here's a tip to deter ticks. Wear light-colored long sleeves and long pants. Pull the cuffs in your sleeves tight and tuck your pants into your boots. Tightening those cuffs will help keep bugs out of your clothes and the light colors will help you spot any insects more easily if they get on you. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. We're changing things up a bit here. It, it's been uh, it's been a couple weeks. We've been away for a couple weeks uh, due to mainly trying to shuffle things around here in California due to all the rain and flooding that's happening. Our travel plans are are just kind of all over the place. Also, there are there are prop planes flying overhead, so hopefully they don't interrupt too much of what we're doing here. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like California does not in any way whatsoever want us to record a podcast. <laughs> but you know, we've we've been doing these news roundup videos for a long time now, and uh, and I've been trying to put the uh, the audio of them in the podcast feed and. To, to some success at some points. And, uh, <laughs> when you're reminded, but you in, put them in there. <laughs> but an issue we've had is that the YouTube algorithm just does not like the roundup format, right? So if we make the thumbnail and title about a certain story, other people aren't getting the other stories, uh, you know, if they weren't interested in that first story. So say it was a story about Ford trucks and somebody is a motorhome driver and they don't care about trucks at all. They might not have clicked on that, that news roundup and missed some other stories that might've been interesting to them. So we're trying to figure out uh, a way to navigate that. And what we're going to do and what we have already started doing is putting out just short stories uh, as individual videos. So, you know, two minute long updates on individual stories. And we're just going to see how that works. And what that allows us to do is to go back to talking about the news a bit on the actual podcast. So I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast, only listen to the podcast. You don't go to YouTube and watch all the YouTube videos. A lot of you are just podcast listeners. And some of you have also said that you've missed out on having that news. Sorry, we just got a, we just got a flood watch uh, a notification on, on my phone. So <laughs> great. there you go. I didn't we know go. we were getting rain today, but okay. We'll talk about that in the <laughs> Fresh tank, black tank. <laughs> so, uh, so we could talk about some of the news stories that just came out. Yes, but before we do that, can we also say that the reason why we are able to go to this format, a format that you've wanted to go to for a while, these smaller videos, because yeah. it does take more time, it does take uh, a little bit more effort from you as not only a writer, but then our, our editor. And one of the big reasons why we are able to do that, to put you guys even more in the forefront of getting the news to you is because of all of our amazing mile marker supporters. And as we have talked about, and as we have promised, that money that we get from our mile marker supporters, that $4.99 a month that these people so generously give to our small business is going right back into the small business, which goes back to you, the RV enthusiast, the outdoor traveler. And so we're able now to be able to do these smaller videos to hire the staff that we need in order to get these done because of our mile marker members. So thank you to those people that are helping grow this small business, that are ensuring that RV miles can meet these goals that we have set for us. And of course, you know, I'm going to say it, if you would like to become 
become a mile marker member. You can do so if you're listening to the podcast by clicking on any of the links in the description, or if you are watching this on YouTube, go over to the main RV Miles channel. We will have a link in the description and you join from over there. And then we can continue to bring even more of these important stories to all of you and help keep you informed. If you do watch those news videos, um, it, you don't want to hear about it again here on the podcast. You could sort of skip the first section, but we're going to talk about things in a little bit different way. It's sort of more of a conversation between the two of us. Well, yeah, because then they don't get to hear yeah. about how excited I am about how Harvest Host is literally like helping me now build my dream European vacation. <laughs> so that's the first thing we can talk about this week is Harvest Host. Harvest Host, by the way, is uh, is a sponsor of our Baja to Alaska trip. So you'll start seeing um, them a bit more on some of the videos that we're putting out. Mm -hmm. uh, Harvest Host is expanding into the UK and Ireland. They have bought a, a company called Brit Stops, which is very similar to what Harvest Host does in the US. And uh, they're taking it over. It's going to operate as a separate company for now, uh, but they're going to be over the next year implementing Harvest Host platform where you can now reserve sites and all that sort of stuff. So Harvest Host is sort of going international. Uh, actually, they were already international. They were in Mexico and Canada. Mm -hmm. We stayed at several Harvest Hosts in, uh, in Baja. We'll yes. talk about that on today's episode, uh, but they have, uh, Canadian spots as well, but they were North American. They weren't overseas yet. So now they're overseas. I can't. I'm so excited about this because as longtime listeners will know, I have been dreaming and wanting to plan this extended sort of European vacation. I don't even, it, we can't call it a vacation because, you know, we'll work the whole time we're there, but this European extended trip for our family. And one of the big things I want to do is to be able to caravan while we're over there. And I love this idea. And of course, there was obviously Brit Stop already there, but I'm very excited about knowing the people at Harvest Host and knowing kind of the level at which they operate that now when we head over there, we have this already yeah. established platform that we're familiar with and we can go to all the places. And I just, maybe there'll be castles on the list. Wouldn't that be rad? <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> Just really, from a from a personal standpoint, I'm I was very excited when I saw this press release come in. The other uh, story from Harvest Host is that they have this new program called Campers Card coming out. Now, this is a separate program, and it is a membership card that you can buy for a yearly fee that will give you discounts to campgrounds or special perks at campgrounds. So if you if you've used Passport America before, it's kind of similar to that, a lot more modern than that. We we were actually able to see a sneak peek at it uh, from the folks at Harvest House. And um, it, it's, uh, it's gonna be stuff like, if you stay at this certain campground, you get a free bundle of firewood or you get late late checkout or you know or it might be the first night half off that's that sort of stuff they should call late checkout the rv miles checkout <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that's pretty much what rv miles needs all the time <laughs> so that isn't available yet but we'll have all the details on it when it is in a few weeks uh, the other big news story that i wanted to bring up this week is a couple new trailers one more real than the other uh, that are meant for towing behind electric vehicles so uh, electric vehicles as we've talked about before aren't so great at towing not because they don't have the power to they definitely have the power to even more so than a lot of uh, gas-powered vehicles for instance but they don't the the towing really pulls back the range significantly like by more than half right if you're pulling pulling a traditional RV behind one so the idea that a couple companies have come up with is we're going to figure out a way to build a trailer that is specifically for electric vehicles so making them much more aerodynamic uh, putting batteries on board to help with that range and even powering the axles so that the trailer is helping propel itself down the road. So there's a company called Lightship that is uh, coming out with the L1. They, they premiered their uh, prototype for it at the South by Southwest conference. And it is essentially a big 
pop-up trailer, I guess you could call it, the roof raises and lowers, and that's to help that aerodynamics. So you can't really hop into it at a rest stop and go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, but it, it's weird. It kind of looks like a coffin to me. It, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like you're towing a big sort of coffin-shaped black thing down the road. I'll be curious to see how it translates from the show floor to yeah. the actual road. Yeah. But I think it's a really exciting start. Well, it has like 3,000 watts of solar. It, they say it has enough battery power on it to to keep the range of your electric vehicle what it was. So if you have, for instance, a Ford Lightning pickup truck with a, with a range of 200 miles or so, uh, and you towed this behind it, they say it will keep that range. So uh, I think, you know, that's pretty fair. However, you know, if you think about that, if if you wanted to have like a 400 mile travel day, mm-hmm. so the idea would be that you'd stop for lunch and charge up your your tow vehicle, right? And mm-hmm. that's totally doable. But the problem is now you've got to also charge that trailer. So you're looking at double the, the towing, the, double the charging time then too. Yeah. And right now we don't really off the top of my head i can't think of anywhere where you could pull in someplace and get that done the, while the, you're having lunch the, the challenge with charging an electric vehicle that you're towing when you're towing is that most of the chargers are meant for you to just pull straight into like right. a regular parking spot you yeah. can't pull into the yeah. trader joe's and just go over to the <laughs> tesla charging port and <laughs> plug right in yeah. so uh i think it's interesting that they are doing some design around uh, making them work with electric vehicles a lot going into the aerodynamics a lot of the stuff that you'll see going into this sort of innovation will filter its way back into trailers that can be used for towing behind a, a regular vehicle as well. In fact, the the, the light ship, you can tow behind a, a gas powered truck and it says it will, you know, sort of keep your range up because mm-hmm. it is still using that, that powered axle to help drive you down the road. And then also, uh, in addition to the light ship, Airstream has come out with a collaboration with Porsche that is a <laughs> that is a similar sort of concept, but yeah. also at the South by Southwest conference. However, this one is like a quarter size scale model. It's actually not been made yet. You have to start somewhere. It looks, Every big idea has to start small first. It looks a lot less like a coffin. I will say the, <laughs> the design, uh, the Porsche design firm definitely did a lot better job with the with the look of it, I think. But it does similar stuff. It has a roof that raises in and lowers, and it has a suspension that raises and lowers. So you can get that vehicle close to the road when you're traveling to, to reduce drag. But then when you're off-road or in, you're in rough campground areas you can raise that suspension up to allow it to be able to maneuver over the road a little bit more i think our children and grandchildren are going to be a part of something pretty amazing over these next like 60 70 even 100 years when it comes to the complete and total shift in uh where we drive, how we drive, and what we're driving. Yeah. Well, we have one more we'll be big. Dead, <laughs> we have one more big <laughs> news story that uh, we'll talk about in the fresh tank, black tank segment. But let's take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about camping in Baja, California. We'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around, you'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes, a full line of weight distributing hitches, adjustable ball mounts, and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. This episode is supported by ParkWolf, the ultimate app for visiting U.S. national parks. With ParkWolf, you can view upcoming places and amenities as you drive through the park, locate the nearest gas, food, bathrooms, and pullover points. ParkWolf's wildlife maps show you the best times and places to see or avoid wildlife along with a feed of the latest wildlife sighting photos from the parks. ParkWolf even makes it possible for you to view your live location and direction on official park maps while staying up to date on current NPS alerts and advisories. ParkWolf keeps working even if you lose service. To learn more, download the ParkWolf app for iPhone free from the Apple App Store today. 
We're back. And last time we talked about coming into Mexico, crossing the border, or the things that you needed to know about if you wanted to travel into Mexico. In this episode, we're going to talk more about what it's actually like to camp in Baja, the different types of campground options available, where to stay, all that sort of stuff. And this was the biggest sort of unknown to me, actually, going into it. And yeah. I, I, I did learn a lot as we, we learned were down a- there. <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot. Uh, we got the bulk of our information from the iOverlander app. So if you don't have that and you're interested in going into Baja, we highly recommend that you download that and that you use that. That was a wealth of information for us. That community is really good about going in and leaving comments as they've left a place so that you're getting really up-to-date information. And then, of course, you can also access Campendium. That was another one we used. Those would be the two that we recommend. Uh, So the first thing we want to talk about, and I want to grab, this was a question actually that came out of the last episode about Baja, and I think it will really lead into this discussion. And it was about where did we get our pesos? Because you need to understand that the bulk of everything that you do when it comes to camping and, and paying, you're going to be mostly doing with pesos. This is a, a cash heavy. Did we ever pay for our camping with a card? I don't know that we did. We were able to get groceries with the card most places, but I don't know that we ever were able to pay for camping. I don't think any of our camping was paid with a credit card. I think anytime we were at a restaurant or the, um, larger grocery chains or even the larger fuel stations. We had some fuel stations we encountered that did not take credit cards. So really plan for that and plan for that as you're budgeting out your camping as well. And there are many towns where you're not going to be able to even get pesos. So it's important to have enough and and carry them around with you. And the two places that we utilized was uh, the grocery store and often, and the exchange rates were really reasonable. So we would do a grocery store or we would do a bank. I would say we ended up at grocery stores more often than banks. But when we came in, if you remember from last episode, we talked about crossing into Mexicali East and then making for a supermercado where we got groceries. Well, there was a bank. It was right a bank in, still. Yeah. Yeah. It was right that next was to a it. bank right next yeah. to it. But the grocery store, as we learned after yeah. we went in, also had an ATM in there. So. And that's how you do it an ATM. You just go up to an ATM yes. and and you withdraw cash and it's nice, you know, just like when, if you don't speak, uh, if you don't speak Spanish, just like in the U.S., when you use an ATM, it asks you if you want English or Spanish, mm-hmm. you just, you press English down there yeah, and, do it. and it will give it to you in English <laughs> and, and you can withdraw your pesos. One of the things we found out too about paying for camping was that some places charge by the night. Some places charged by the person. Yes. And for us as a family of five, it was by the person, when it was by the person, it often was, was fairly expensive. So we found it to be about 150 pesos a person, which for our family would end up being somewhere around 650 pesos. That was on the expensive side for Baja. We might look at that uh, once you look at the exchange rate. So I thought that was like 30 plus dollars, like $35, but it also might be for no hookup camping, right? So, yeah, (laughs) it all just depends. Just know that it's going to vary. And so there are what I kind of consider three different levels of camping in Baja. So there's free boondocking. There's boondocking you pay for. And then there's full hookup or hookup camping that you pay for as well. So those are the three that we encountered. Now, when let's talk about full hookups for just a second. So when a campground might advertise that they have full hookups, you cannot expect it to be what full hookups are going to be here in the States. We encountered some places that were full hookups that were only, you know, and the price ranged from being $15 a night up to somewhere around... $20, $25 a night or something like that. I I don't remember. We'll say we we did only do like four or five nights of full hookup camping. Yeah, we didn't do a lot of it. But what we discovered in those few nights that we did was that sometimes we had water. Yeah. Sometimes we had power and sometimes we had sewer, but we never had all three at once. Yeah. Or they all didn't function very well. So or- <laughs> if you have like the power might be, you might have voltage issues with the power. We yes. uh, we 
made some good use of our Hughes autoformer to correct the voltage. The, the water might not be enough pressure to actually run anything inside you just enough to sort of fill your tank with we had one place where jason had to do that it was actually the place too where yeah. we had to use the auto former yeah i think you were outside filling the tank for forever <laughs> there, and like then, all night long and then there was <laughs> another place where they said no filling your tanks you can only use this for yes. city water pressure we are under a limit that sort of stuff um it, you know it, it's it, it's all sort of a bit of a crapshoot and um, really you are going into those spaces and they're all going to be very cramped and you're all going to be packed in together especially you know it was like that at loretto shores so some of the places we're talking about that we stayed at we stayed at loretto shores in loretto we stayed at two places in guerrero negro that were mario's and mar uh malarimo malarimo the yeah. name always escapes yeah. me those again were just kind of like small get in and there spaces but you're basically just paying for the opportunity to dump your tanks right and That's get a little thing. power and the 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 thing be in town about all of these sort of full hookup campgrounds is that the at least the ones that we encountered none of them had websites you're not reserving uh a few of them had a number you could call to reserve and or an email or whatsapp a lot of places use whatsapp <laughs> so you want to actually download that and use it or if they um, did have a website you weren't able to reserve on there you can't trust that it yeah. is updated and you should 100 percent if there is a phone number give it a call and see if they have space available because you know another thing is depending on the season that you go we found i think it really as we got further south it, be, it started to become a little bit more difficult to find places like a full hookup where we could just roll right in without a reservation. And, and size was an issue. You know, we're our trailer is now 25 feet long. It's the smallest thing we've ever camped in. And we thought we were just golden in this. But actually being a, a truck towing a trailer, it was hard to get into some of these places, to be honest. A lot of them are just very van camper friendly and that's about it yeah and so that's full hookups and you know again really only try to utilize those if you need to go in and dump yeah. your tanks or you're wanting to stay like for instance yeah. in loretto for a long period of time that might be an option for you the other two options that we took advantage of while in baja was the boondocking that you pay for so that's the main one that we did for the most part yes we did that in portecitos which is in baja california it's going to be on the east so we were on the east side of baja we did that at la poma which is also where we paid that was a per person but again it was just boondocking and then we did it again when we were at playa santisbach in Baja California Sur, and that again was paying for essentially camping on the beach and for the operations that are provided there, like so trash maybe. Um, yeah, well, they all had they all had trash available. Mm -hmm. uh, they all had uh, some sort of water. Uh, one had free water. The others had sort of people delivering water for a um, fee. Uh, couple of them had a dump station uh, for a fee or not you know so you want to know like what they have and that's where I overlander definitely comes into play uh, but uh, it's yeah it's essentially boondocking on the beach but then you can pull your rv over to a dump station if you want to or or the truck that comes by to fill water you can have them fill your water yeah so if you end up at a place where you're boondocking for free or you're boondocking at a cost and they don't have dump stations on site that's when you're going to want to utilize something like jason was just talking about i overland or go in there find out where your nearest dump station is you should find out in there if it's going to be something that you can use for free or if there's going to be a cost we did use the dump station at Pete's camp, which was in between Portecitos and La Poma in Baja, California. It did say, however, on iOverlander, the last person had reported it as being free. However, when we arrived, we were asked for 200 pesos. So about $10. $10, which is expensive for a dump station that has no water. That has no and, water. And you can expect that most dump stations are not going to have water for flushing your tanks. Yes. So water is very, very precious there. And 
you're going to learn really, really quick how to minimize your water usage. And then also you're just going to have to be kind of comfortable with uh, maybe not flushing your tanks out as much as you would like to. So we want to talk finally about the last little bit of boondocking that we did, and that's the free boondocking. And we did that in La Paz at Playa El Tecolote, which is this massive, beautiful beach on the outskirts of La Paz, which is a main city in Baja. And this seems to be a bit of a hub. This is a really popular spot, much like Santisbach, which we talked about a moment ago, is also incredibly busy and popular. There is the possibility, again, because you cannot make reservations either to the pay to boondock or the free to boondock, no reservations. You may not get a spot. Mm -hmm. It's a very real possibility, depending on the time of year that you are down there. Or you may not get an ideal spot. You may not get a spot like on the actual water and you have to sort of camp away from the water. And we had to do that in Tecolote. We did not have a spot right up on the water. We were a row back, but actually it ended up being really, really nice for us and for our setup with our friends because we got a little bit of a wind buffer as well from all of the RVs that were right up on the beach camping because it has been incredibly windy, at least it was for us when we were in Baja, and we got a little bit of a buffer from all of those RVs. And then it was also nice to be a little bit removed because everyone wants to camp on the beach, so everyone gets in really, really close to one another. And we were able to kind of go a row back, take a little bit more space and spread out. And that made for a really nice week in Tecolote. There was no dump station there. In fact, we found um, La Paz to be kind of difficult to navigate in that respect. We ended up just yeah. getting out of there. Even like grocery shopping was uh, hard to do. It was a big city, 250,000 yeah. people. Uh, but it, it was it was hard to drive through to get to the beach. Yeah. I mean, we were driving our, our RVs truck and trailer down through some pretty tight streets yeah uh, going through town and uh, and, and just getting the necessities it was a long drive into town and it, it was it was a challenge even when we kind of expected to be a, a place where we could restock and stuff and it was yeah. actually the hardest place for that. But like a lot of beach camping in Baja there were some restaurants yeah. on site and there were a few vendors that came through. So Tecolote, where you can do free beach camping, Playa Santispac, where it is about $10 a night, 200 pesos to camp there. And then also in La Poma, all of those three have restaurants on site, restaurants and bars. So you can go, you can get some food there, you can get some drinks there. In fact, Tecolote had numerous bars and restaurants. Uh, Playa Santispac has their, they had two. And then La Poma just had as the one on site as well. These are awesome. This is one of my favorite things about camping on the beach in Baja is that you can walk over at happy hour, get a, you know, in Playa Santos Baca, margarita was $5. Yeah. They're delicious. You just walk over. You can even bring your own mug over there. They'll fill it for you. And you come back and you sit in your campsite. You sit there on the beach and you have this really beautiful sort of happy hour experience. But you can also go get some food without having to travel too far into town. We could go out and have a nice dinner and hang out. And we didn't have to take, like in La Paz, we didn't have to take the half hour to 40 minute drive to get into town to do that. We didn't have to try to find parking with the trucks. We didn't have to navigate any of that. We had it right there on site. And then especially in Playa Santisbach, the vendors, and we talked about this, I know that the vendors that just come up and down in the mornings and in the afternoons can also provide you with a lot of things that you need to also offset having to try and go into town or try to find a grocery store. There is one other type of free camping that we did, and that was Harvest Hosts. And there are actually a decent number of Harvest Host stops well, in, in Baja. And it's free if you're a, a member. Yeah, it's not to, free you, like Tacalote. But what's nice is you do are, you do sort of you know get the reserved confirmation from them so you know you mm-hmm. have a spot. And uh, we did that twice. There are definitely more options down there. But... We did three. We oh, did, yeah, we we did, did it we, three times. We went back to the same place we twice did it three on times. our way back. So, uh, so that was really a, a great option. But overall, I think the thing to know about Baja and camping down there is 
everything's very remote. There's it's it's like it's like camping in Montana. Everything's really sort of spread out long distances through from to lots of things. However, you're camping very close to people. It's all yes. everywhere we camped because you're camping on the beach generally. Uh or in these little towns and these little campgrounds, it is all very tight. Uh, so if you're people that like to sort of boondock to get away from people, that's not what this experience is. is. It's it's more of at a, least not where we stayed. Yeah. And you know, I want to mention to the two Harvest hosts that we stayed at. We stayed at the um, Chateau San Felipe, which is in San Felipe, and it was a winery. We did that on our way, like we talked about crossing after we crossed into um, Baja. That was our our stop for the night and then we used that as our staging stop for our way out of Baja as well the other one that even if you don't stay at it you should still go and visit it if you end up staying at the Playa Santos Park is the Mulahe Brewery that place is awesome yeah it was some of the best food we had and it's 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 really um it's a very Americanized place, yeah. uh, you know. We all had burgers. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was great. And what ended up happening too, and this is how much we loved Playa Santos Park, is that uh, we had Mulahe booked as we were heading north to leave Baja. We were using it as an overnight to continue on, and as we were driving to it, we had to pass. Uh, Playa Santisbach and a few other campos there. And I just remember all of us being like, oh my gosh, we love it. We love it. We love it. And while we were at Mulahe, while we were at this brewery, we decided to scrap the plans that we had to continue north to turn the rigs around, drive eight miles back to Playa Santisbach, do another three days there, and then just make the commitment to do yeah. a long haul to get back up to San Felipe. So if there's anywhere that we can recommend to you that you're going to want to go to and check out at 100% Playa Santos Buck, $10 a night, you cannot beat it for everything that you're going to get there. All right. That's our uh, coverage of camping in Baja. When uh, we come back, we're going to have our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment. But next week, we're going to talk about... The things that we did in Baja besides camping and what we loved the most and what we didn't and to give you an idea of the things that you can do when you're in Baja. Yeah, that's going to wrap up our Baja too. But if you have any questions about what we just talked about or if you feel like we left something out about camping and you would really like to know, please ask us. Please go into the RV Miles Facebook group and ask that question or you can email us at editor at rvmiles.com or just you can ask it anywhere across the internet. If you're interwebs. on the YouTube version of this video, you can find Le it there. Absolutely. Leave it down in the comments, and then we will do our best to grab it on next week's episode and address that for you. Okay. We'll be right back. Be right back. On every road trip, there are moments you wish could last forever. Your kids running into the ocean for the first time, that perfect campsite with views that amaze and surprise, a hike through Sarah's crack, moments you spend time planning and you wish would never end. But like all good adventures, they do. But you know what doesn't have to end? Your RoadPass Pro membership you used to plan that memory-making vacation. Grab your RoadPass Pro membership today and lock in the $49.99 price for life. Featuring some of our favorite trip planning sites like Campendium and Road Trippers and the Togo app for checklists, RoadPass Pro will help you create an amazing RV adventure. Save $10 off your first year with code RVMILES10X and lock in the renewal rate of $49.99 for life. Life. Road Pass Pro is going up in the new year, so if you've been on the fence, now is the time to join and save. Just click the link in the description and use code RVMILES10X to save $10 off your first year of Road Pass Pro. There are dozens of RV tank treatments on the market, but what do they actually do other than just cover up the smell? Our friend Matt from Matt's RV Reviews on YouTube tested them all and wasn't happy. So he worked with the folks at Century Chemical to make his new awesome black tank treatment. 
It's called liquefied RV toilet treatment, and it's the newest and best black tank chemical in the RV industry. It's called liquefied because they use a special blend of enzymes that will break down your waste and toilet paper while it sits in your black tank for easy dumping. And all you notice is a soft scent of orange. You can get liquefied RV toilet treatment exclusively on Amazon. And if you're a fan of Matt's RV reviews on YouTube, he only asks that you think of him, whether you're on the plastic or the porcelain. Again, it's liquefied RV black tank treatment. Learn more at liquefiedrv.com. We are back and it is time to check the level of our tanks. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? There is yet another update to Starlink. Um, <laughs> what they're doing now, they've changed the name of Starlink for RVers or Starlink RV to Starlink Rome, which makes a lot of sense because there was no reason you needed an RV to have the the movable version, the mm -hmm. version you can take around the country with you. Starlink Rome is now the the primary service that you're going to get if you're an RVer that allows you to move about uh, the the continent essentially, but only out of your home country for two months at a time. And then they have this new version called uh, Rome Global. So they have Rome Regional and Rome Global. The global version, the regional version is now $150 a month. The global version is now $200 a month that allows you to go and use it in any country that Starlink is in. Um, the the problem is, so they have this new high-powered expensive in motion dish that's like 2500 bucks that you can mount to the roof of your vehicle and we actually did uh, a news announcement recently where they're partnering with uh with uh thor industries to put some starlink in motion dishes on certain motorhomes hmm. that's not compatible with the global global version so it's only compatible with the the regional version. And the problem with that is, uh, if you might think, well, I, I have no reason to need, you know, something that allows me to go off of the continent, right? But say you're a Canadian snowbirder and you want to travel down to Florida for the winter. Mm -hmm. Right now, the, the terms of service were limited to two months of doing that, but they haven't been enforcing it. So now you can't do that unless you have the global service. Uh, so they want you to pay a little bit more money, but you also can't do it if you have that expensive in motion dish. Um, and then they, we talked about recently, they got rid of the portability option for folks that have the home version. So now you have to, if you want to be an RVer you, and, and travel for a certain amount of time out of the year, you've got to have the home version and the, the travel version. So there's just a lot of weird choices being made over at Starlink that are frustrating to a lot of people right now. And it's unfortunate because they're the only name in the game right now. Uh, and there's really nothing we can do about it. But When's Amazon getting when, in on when this? I, I, it, they're working on it. When's Amazon I, I don't know Net when it, it, coming? It's going to be a while. Or Amazon uh, Planet. I don't know. Whatever they want to name it. When is <laughs> that coming? Also... When they're sitting in the room and they're talking about these plans, is there no one in the room who travels outside a 25-mile radius of their home? Yeah. Because yeah. it really seems like everyone making a decision that this is beyond just a money grab. That's been yeah. the biggest feedback yeah. on all yeah. this. It's just a money grab. This just smacks of people... Who never that literally just go from? It's just dumb choices. Yeah. House to the office. House to the office. Well, house exactly. Office. And I actually think there are ways that they could make more money if they really thought about it. Like removing that portability option was stupid. Why not just charge more for it? Yeah. Getting rid of it altogether makes no sense at all. I don't know how you can build something that can be mounted on an RV and partner with Thor, and then still be like, but you yeah. Can't can't but you can't use it if it. you're going to go out of the country. Yeah, you're hey. going to need to stay, like, you know, in a 500-mile radius of your home base. And the dishes, they, they lose money on the dishes. The, so they, they cost more to manufacture than they sell them for. So the fact that somebody that wants to have a home version and have an RV version has to buy two instead of being able to use the same so dish dumb. as they move makes no financial sense for them. Also, am I going to... 
see a $2,500 jump in the cost of my Thor motorhome. Yes. Because you've now put sure. Dishy on there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hard pass. They are, Hard there pass. is also a, a, apparently a, a patent has been filed for a smaller Starlink dish that's about half the size. It's actually about the size of your MacBook Air there, folded up. Um, about the size, a little bit bigger than a sheet of paper that uh, that they're working on. And that would be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but How about they just improve what they have right now? Yeah. And then we can talk about some other then things. we talk about new stuff. Yeah, so that's, that's my black tank. What's in your fresh tank this week? My fresh tank is X Chocks, the real ones the from <laughs> BAL or BAL is the, the brand uh, that we finally broke down and bought. Mm -hmm. We have only took us moving into a 25 foot travel trailer to make it happen. We've never had X Chocks. <laughs> um, we have had the Camco yellow plastic. Don't, hand crank don't hate on those. fake version. Don't hate on uh, those. They did they do, fine. No, I, I'm not hating on them. Okay, they did work they okay. Fine. But I get it. I get it now. <laughs> we've now we've put the we've put the metal X chocks in and they really do eliminate that sort of front to back movement of the axles. Can you they, imagine not what the they left and right, just the front to back. Can you imagine what they would have done for us in the Sabre? It would have been great, and it we should have had them, but we, we didn't. They, I, uh, <laughs> I caution you, uh, though, that do not. I have to every time they come up. I have to mention that it's really dumb that they're called chocks. They are not actually wheel chocks because you you cannot use them as wheel chocks. You have to use actual wheel chocks on the ground. And, and the only <laughs> ones we will ever recommend at this point is getting the big rubber, rubber ones. Yeah. The Roblox brand is what we like. We'll link to it in the show yeah. notes. But that is, those are fantastic. But if you if you use X chocks, uh, and I should explain what X chocks are. It is it, for those that don't know, it's sort of a, a clamp almost. So if you have two ac two axles on your trailer or more, I guess you could still use it if you have a three axle trailer. If you if you have, but it won't work with a single axle. But it goes between two tires. And it's sort of like it's like an X-shaped device that you use a wrench and it spreads itself out and holds those two axles firm, uh, uses the tension of, of it to to keep them from sort of rocking back and forth. And in the Ibex, without them on, we can actually see the wheels sort of rock back and forth when people are inside of it. Beast and it, it does totally eliminate that. The reason you can't use them as actual wheel chocks, and it says right in the instructions, to not use them as your sole wheel chalk. It's it's because the main reason is that you have to install them and remove them after you have the trailer leveled and set up. <laughs> because if you try if you try to put the tongue jack down, for instance, while those are in there, it will just clamp them in there tighter or the opposite, it will loose them up and they will come undone. You can damage your tires that way, you can damage the chocks that way, and your trailer can roll away that way. So it's really important that you use actual chocks. Yeah, you need a you need a cornucopia <laughs> of chocking of devices. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, what's in your black tank this week, my dear? Well, you know what? Black tank this week, my darling, is going towards the weather because here we go again, right? We alluded to this a little bit at the top of the show, but y'all, I've never heard the words atmospheric river so many times in my life as I have over the last two months. Yeah. In fact, I may not have ever heard it at all. I, no, I don't <laughs> I don't know that I have. <laughs> and it seems like that is all that's happening yeah. in California right now. So yeah. we came back into Baja and even down in Baja, we were experiencing some of the um, outer rim effects of everything that had been going on up in the It was state. windy and cool. Windy and much cooler. And the same when we got into San Diego, much cooler than it should be this time of year. Um, some of the locals were telling us somewhere around like 10 degrees cooler than normal. This rain, though, while I understand it to be a very welcomed blessing for the state. They didn't want it all at once. <laughs> there's No, nobody wants it all at once. It's just the infrastructure is not built for it. There are levees breaking everywhere. There's, you know, as we were recording this, Jason's phone dinged. We're under a flash flood watch now until tomorrow afternoon, or I'm sorry, Wednesday. Today's Monday. Yeah, and to top it all off, there's 
there's this deep, deep snowpack in the mountains yes. that is going to begin to thaw. So there's going to be lots of potential for mudslides and flooding rivers on our way up through California over the next month or so. And we've and had to sort of change our plans. We have. So we're recording today from a campground in San Dimas. We were supposed to be in Pismo. The campground we are at is closed because it's completely flooded. We're looking at the next town that we're supposed to be going to. That may not be a possibility. We have to see what happens on Wednesday. And then we have to make a decision because Henry and I are supposed to fly out of San Jose uh, next week. And if we end up not being able to go that way, then I've got to hopefully rebook us a different flight out of a out of a different city to get us up to Chicago because we've got to be up there for a whole week. We can't not go. So there's all of these moving pieces that are literally because it won't stop raining. Now, as RVers, there are headaches. We have to move around. We have to shift. We also know, though, that it's probably it pales in comparison to people who are dealing with a lot more damage just to their sticks and bricks homes yeah, they're from losing all this. their houses and, right yeah, and their yeah. communities are just being torn up by all of this a lot rain. of these uh mountain communities have been snowed out and people have not been even allowed access back into their homes yeah so my brother works for u.s foods he's uh one of the dispatches he schedules all of the drivers all and he lives here in the la area he just schedules all the drivers that go around and make all of these deliveries in fact when we were at universal on saturday he's like these chicken these chicken tenders are brought to you by US Foods. So they handle all of like Disney and Universal as well, but he was telling me that they've been doing emergency he's been routing emergency deliveries up into the mountains and trying to figure out the block of time that they can do all of that because they can't get anything up there to people and people can't get out. Wow. So his company has been one of the major food distributors that these drivers bless them have been taking these what can sometimes be very hazardous routes now yeah, to get provisions. The last thing I'd want to be driving on those routes right. is, a, is a big box truck or a semi truck. But it, without these drivers and, and these people like my brother who are doing this and, and scheduling this and trying to figure it all out, these people are stuck up there yeah. without anything because it's too dangerous to yeah. get down in some cases. You don't think about all the sort of those sort of effects of, of just well, an extreme weather event like that. It, it, it's amazing. It's crazy. And I'll, well, I'll say one more thing and then we'll move on. There's another family that I follow on social media called the Fun Employed Family. And he's a really nice guy and he does some really silly reels. And I, I like them a lot. And they are in Lake Tahoe right now. And they're in a house that they rent when they're not traveling. So they're in this place. And he had shown, uh, he'd done a reel of their garage. And he had sandbags on the outside of the garage up against the outer part of the garage. He had sandbags on the inside of the garage. And water was still pouring in because when he showed you what the garage looked like, lifted the garage door, there's 10 feet of snow he had dug through to get the car out. There's 10 to 12 feet of snow on either side. So what was happening is it's raining there now. So all of that rain is pressing down mm-hmm. on all of that snow. And so he was showing what was happening in their garage. He was showing that at one of the windows, it's leaking and dripping in now because there's nowhere for this water to yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely wild. They are thankfully safe and it's not you know, something they can't not deal with. But that's the kind of thing people, especially up in these mountain towns, are dealing with this, they're getting the snow. And now they're starting to get the rain because it's it's warming up. It's it's March now. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. I don't know where RV Miles is going to end up over these next two to three weeks. Uh, we have some decisions to make, but a lot of it's going to be um, dependent on the atmospheric rivers that we're not done with. There's uh, a whole set of rain. Tomorrow. Well, tomorrow and next week. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. All right. What's in your fresh tank? So my fresh tank, I want to give a shout out to, they've been my fresh tank in the past a long time ago, and I want to shout them out again. And that is Hikers Brew Coffee. So we have been, uh, Hikers Brew came on to kind of wanted to join our Baja to Alaska adventure. So they sent us a ton of coffee to keep us well caffeinated while we were in Baja. And then as we get up into Alaska and 
it had been a minute since uh, we had had this company, and it's from a very, it's a wonderful small business, a husband and wife out of Wisconsin. And I love the idea, too, of being able to support a small business in this way. They support us, and we support them. And I, I, I love this coffee. It's cool because it's, really it, it, it's cool because it's in pre-measured packets too, so you don't have to worry about like having it in a container with a scoop and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So you can get it in like two separate forms. We have their beans, a pound of their beans, and they do them in fun. Like there's the hazy hiker, which is hazelnut. There's the van life, which is vanilla. Their mile marker is their uh, original roast. They do the yurt dirt, which is their dark roast. Uh, they have a s'mores. They have a red rocks for their caramel. Wait. Do we not have the s'mores? Because that do. sounds really good, and I haven't had any. <laughs> you have had it. They only make the s'mores in their adventure pouches. And their adventure oh, pouches. Oh, I did have it. Yes. Yeah. So the adventure pouch is what you were just talking about, which is a it's vacuum sealed. It's freshly ground vacuum yeah. sealed, so it's not instant coffee. And it can make about two to four servings. And then you can take these pouches, these adventure pouches, and you can have them in your backpack. Yeah. You can take them out into the wild with you. Or just to throw in your RV. Like if you're if you're somebody that camps for one yeah. or two weeks at a time and you don't want to have like bring a whole container and, a, mm -hmm. and everything, you can just have these. Couple it with a French press from Brew Truck and you're good to go. And I mean, we, I appreciate the adventure pouches because I am notorious. So I like to have whole bean and I will grind it. I am notorious for forgetting to do that the night before. And then at 6, 6.30 in the morning in my little 25-foot trailer with everyone sound asleep. <laughs> no, I don't do it. Or I try to, like, wrap it up around me. Yeah. Or I put a you towel around it, it. Yeah. hoping no one will hear it. But these adventure pouches, they keep saving my butt because when I forget to do that, I have these backups that I can use. So they're a really great company. They're, you know, they're... Um, ethically sourced their beans are ethically sourced um i just really encourage you to go and support this small business um and we will link to them in the show notes my favorite by far is the hazy hiker which is their hazelnut coffee and you should absolutely try it out not a sponsor they don't pay to be on the show or anything no, they're just good people they're just good people that sent us coffee and in turn we wanted to pay it forward and let them know how much we appreciated that and actually we really like it a lot yeah. it's really good <laughs> All right, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, it is. We did it. We got through, even though there's literally a pollen. We are I can write my name in the pollen on this picnic oh. table. I literally, I'm writing letters. No, it's crazy. It's, it's, wow. There's so much pollen. So if you're watching this and it looks like every once in a while glitter comes through, it's just pollen. Don't worry about it. It's pollen. So thank you so much for sticking with us on this episode. If you are headed over to Amazon because you are going to do some camping season shopping, please consider that are taking us with you. It's amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles and anything you buy, Jeff Bezos will send us some money. If you would like to learn more about becoming a mile marker member and supporting our small business, we will link to all of that in the description for both the audio and video version. Until next week, friends, please stay safe, please stay dry and keep logging those RV miles. Bye everybody. <laughs>